little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, junior ambassadors, nerds, and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Out Nations podcast, where today we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month. And we, you thought we were going to miss it, didn't you? Because, boy, did the month of May slip right on by us. But uh, if you could tell from today's uh, episode title, we are talking about our top five favorite eternal optimists. Because what better way to beat the blues than uh, have an eternal optimist in your favorite show or film? But I can't do a top five list alone. I need my co-host to the great white north of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to have this chat because I think it's a, it'll be a fun one. Yeah, yeah we usually we usually do a lot of stuff for this month, but uh, life gets in the way sometimes. And I feel like this month I either I blinked and I missed it, or I fell asleep and I've just woken up, and it's already the end of the month. I'm not sure which, but it has flown on by. Yeah, between work, play rehearsals, softball, conventions, trying to find time to exercise and do the show, I don't know where the – and the Stanley Cup playoffs, I just don't know where this month went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's been mostly work for me, but I, this – usually it's near the end of the month at my work where it gets really, really busy, so – it's sort of that middle of the month and now, and it just gets really busy. So it just days fly on by, but yeah. Days are getting longer yeah, and, sure. and unfortunately hotter. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. It's still. <laughs> well, if you're playing nerd nations bingo at home, make sure you put a, Make sure you check off your, they talk about the weather square. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a minute, you'll hear a cat bell or a cat meow, or you'll hear mom walking above us. (laughs) Yeah. Always doesn't want to make up bingo cards for that. (laughs) (laughs) We really should. Oh, so I stepped on you a little bit earlier, but I, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this too. It, it was something fun and different we could do. Take a little break from the wizarding world, you know? Mm-hmm. Do a well, full length episode. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, and, and definitely, you know, it's important to recognize, you know, mental health awareness month because it's, it's definitely an important month and important to, you know, raise awareness about it and, you know, to, um, you know, remind people that, you know, self-care is important and taking care of you and your mental health is also very important. So, you know, and, and being with your friends who, you know, supporting your friends who, you know, have their own, um, you know, mental health issues or anything like that, just always be there for them and support them and, um, you know, definitely important to highlight that this month um, and the importance of, of taking care of yourself and looking out for others. I agree. As I crack open a beer, <laughs> 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 I'll drink to that. <laughs> oh, there's the cat meow square. <laughs> Uh, so without further ado, I say we, I say we just jump into it. So our top 
five eternal optimists or on the big or small screen. And look at my list. I think some of mine are kind of, you kind of look at them, their kickers is kind of naive in a bit, but at the same time, a lot of naive people are kind of happy to go lucky and always try to see the bright side and things. Hmm. For sure. Like my, my choices were definitely, they're optimistic, but they also just are genuinely good people. And I think like the genuinely good people are, you know, sort of like the, the, like the optimistic, the genuinely good are, yeah, it's, it's, there's, uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> it's, yeah, genuinely good people is kind of what I, I picked. Um, and, or genuinely good characters, because, you know, that, that do have that really good sense of optimism that make you feel, you know, really good and, and they, you know, make the, the kind of characters around them, you know, feel good too. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I tried not to pick kind of the, the obviously, the, the obvious optimistic characters and try to pick some different ones. So, yeah, I can't wait to share them. Well, without further dudes, how about we jump into it? Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? I don't actually. Um, I probably could have gone on for these with them, but yeah, I didn't come up with any honorable mentions for this one. Well, at first I wasn't going to have any because I thought it was going to be just a, a pain in the neck to find five. I thought it was going to be a struggle. Yeah. But the more you start running movies through your head, like, oh, that guy, that person, that person, that person. Oh, yeah, that car- that person, that person. <laughs> um, I end up finding three honorable mentions, actually. Okay, so what are your three? Okay, so the first honorable mention I have, this character doesn't have a specific name. Uh, it's played by Dave Foley, one of my favorite films called Brain Candy from Kids in the Hall. And the character is just a guy because he only has two quick scenes in the film. And uh, when the sign, if you're familiar with the film Brain Candy, uh, it's kind of a little spoof on uh, the antidepressant trend uh the kids in the hall play a scientist that find a make an antidepressant at this lab and when they finally break through uh they're celebrating in the hallway and all of a sudden you hear a guy go jesus christ i think we got it just celebrating with them and they go who are you just a guy <laughs> and then later on when they go out to celebrate go, come on let's celebrate there's <laughs> a close-up on him and they just stare at him <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first one Dave Foley, just a guy from Brain Candy <laughs> uh, my next one this was going to be my top five but um, I picked the character Ben Healy Jr Little Ben from Problem Child played by John Ritter and uh, John Ritter would play ben, Little Ben in the first two films in that franchise but it's mostly in the first one where he just plays a happy-go-lucky like new parent when they adopt the spawn of Satan, quote-unquote, from this orphanage, uh, Junior. And he's just so optimistic and bright said about being a dad. It's going to be the greatest thing in the world, and this kid just keeps doing all these horrible things. And he bends a little bit to the point where he like snaps a little bit, but then he comes back around when the, he realizes that he loves Junior and Junior loves him at the end. But uh, John Ritter just, I think it's my favorite role that John Ritter has ever played. I think he'll always probably go down as a Jack Tripper from Three's Company or his roles in Bad Santa or Sling Blade. But, or, yeah, but I'll always know him as uh, Little Ben Healy because he is so damn great. If you haven't seen those, the first two Problem Shot films, they are not high art, but they are so damn entertaining. I grew up with them and I just binged the first two recently to celebrate the life of uh, Gilbert Godfrey who recently passed away a few weeks ago. Mm. And um, my last uh, honorable mention was uh, Matthew McConaughey's character Wooderson from Days and Confused. Oh. <laughs> every time you see him on screen, he's just like, all right, all right, all right. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> just got that positive spin on everything. 
Absolutely. Those are some great choices. Yeah. It really was a it really was the hard to cut John Ritter out of the top five, but I think you'll understand why I did when I get to the list. So mm-hmm. with uh without further ado, uh Melissa, what is your number five? Or should I say whom is your number five? <laughs> uh my number five is Dory from Finding Nemo. Um I <laughs> I, I absolutely love Dory. Like she's just she's so naive and uh, kind of like naive. I guess clueless is sort of the same thing as that. But she's just so genuinely just who she is. And you know, I really love. She kind of you know stays really optimistic. Like just keeps swimming. You know that she even in you know a moment where it's kind of you know challenge or whatever she's like you know just keep swimming just keep swimming it's like i just love that and you know yeah she kind of drives marlon nuts but you know at the end of the day they still are you know are friends and everything and they get through their adventure and um you know she is so optimistic throughout and you know i i just love her i think she's she's a really fun character and um you know, I, I first time seeing the film, I absolutely loved her, and she was one of my favorites, and still kind of, and still is, obviously. But um, yeah, she's she's my number five. That's a very great choice. I haven't seen Finding Nemo in a long time. I, I don't think I've seen Finding Dory. If I did, I probably have only seen parts of it and just thought it was Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. But uh, you naming a Disney character made me think of when I left off my list, an easy one. Olaf. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel stupid now. What kind of Elsa am I to forget Olaf? I was gonna say Elsa forget Olaf. <laughs> really? <laughs> I I don't know how I didn't think of that. <laughs> what kind of cross dressing Elsa am I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Disney's very good at those characters too. Making, like, I guess, for lack of a better term, the sidekicks. I guess. Yeah. You look at, you look at, yet Olaf. You got Dory. You have um, Russell. Yeah. Uh, up. I don't know who would you have in Toy Story. Maybe Rex. Yeah. Rex, is, Rex is kind of a worry ward though. But he, I feel like, like he was in in Toy Story. Like he was kind of the most optimistic about finding um, what they thought. Like they thought Buzz had fallen out the window, but he wasn't gonna, you know, give up on it. So I would say, you know, him. He was optimistic. You know, I, I would I would call him that. It might not be like sort of all of him, but he's definitely optimism is is a part of him for sure. Oh, I would have said maybe Slim. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. Me too. Or Jesse. Yeah. Right now, everybody at home's like, okay, we okay, okay, we get it. You know Toy Story characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay? Disney and Pixar has been very good at doing those kind of characters. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, definitely the, those. A lot of the times it's always sort of that sidekick character, but um, but yeah, they've always done very well with with having those kind of naturally optimistic characters who, you know, really kind of bring out the best in the, in the sort of the other characters as well. So, well, if you're gonna touch on, I don't want to say dark or mature, if you want to approach kind of storylines they take in these films you got to have somebody there to brighten up the brighten up the space a little bit or or fix it felix from the wreck it ralph films Mm -hmm. for sure yeah you you gotta you gotta have those 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 characters because i think 
it's it's sort of like I know like especially the Pixar films like they're they're very much they can kind of hone into sort of real life as well like relate to it and have it incorporated with their story and and a lot of times just sort of that you know that that light in your dark those you know challenging moments you have somebody who's you know your brings you know you a little bit of joy brings you a bit of light and brings hope and you know things like that so all these these real things yeah i'd say disney definitely sets the bar when it comes to creating that character that optimus character you can think it goes far back as Dopey and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Absolutely. Like, I can even think of, like, yeah, Dopey or in, um, uh, what's the character's name? Gus Gus in Cinderella. Gus Gus. Yeah. Little Mouse. He just, oh my God. He's still my favorite. You, Gus Gus. <laughs> this is so freaking adorable. <laughs> yeah yeah dory was was my pick that one was actually one of my first uh thoughts when i was thinking about like who is i gonna incorporate into this list and dory was the first one so yeah you definitely started off strong <laughs> so what is your number five um i started with uh Brendan Fraser's character, Adam Weber, from Blast from the Past. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, it's one of the many reasons to love Brendan Fraser, if you don't already, outside mm-hmm. of Robot Man or George of the Jungle or his character from The Mummy or whatever he's – or Encino Man, whatever you know Brendan Fraser and love him from. Um, I saw this movie when I was in – it came out in 99, so I was probably in high school. I was about 15 or 14 when this film came out. And his character was born in a bomb shelter, and uh, his parents were scared of a possible nuclear threat. So he lived the first 30-some-odd years of his life in a bomb shelter. Then one day when the hatch opens, he has to go out into the world to get supplies and help for his family. And he meets with up with Alicia Silverstone, and Dave Foley, yeah, two name drops are not even the number four on the list yet for Dave Foley. Um, <laughs> so he just makes friends with them. And he just he's kind of he's described as being kind of naive, but he just sees the bright side because he, he's experiencing so many things for the first time. Like he, he does try to see the bright side and everything, even with they try to set up um, Alicia Silverstone's character Eve as being kind of a. Mm, not necessarily bad person, but she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. So when they, one of the things, uh, one of the things that uh, Adam's parents tell him to do is bring a wife back down into the shelter because they're gonna close it up for another thirty years. Um, so they take um, Adam to this. Well, back at the time in the nineties, uh, swing music was becoming a thing again. So they take him to the swing dance club, and they're looking at all these different women and. Lucy Silverstone goes, well, that woman's got bitch written all over her. Do you know what that means? <laughs> and, and Brendan Fraser's character goes, yes, I own a dictionary, but I don't know why you'd say that about her or why Trent would say that about you. <laughs> Which is, Dave, Foley's, Dave Foley plays her gay best friend in the film. <laughs> he kind of chokes on his, on his martini when he says that. <laughs> well, if, when you see the look on Brendan Fraser's face when he sees the ocean for the first time, when he's out rollerblading and all this stuff. It's just like he, it's like, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's like, if you need more reasons to run, love Brendan Fraser, I think this would be a film for you. What was the title of that one again? Blast from the past. <laughs> and it's got a good cast in it too. It's got Brendan Fraser, Alicia Silverstone, Dave Foley, uh, Christopher Walken and Sissy Spacek play his parents. Okay. It's a it's a it's a really good movie. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really good. For some reason I thought it came out sooner than that, but I guess that would be right in the middle of Brendan Fraser's heyday, right before he did the Mummy and after Encino Man, but before he did the Mummy. Hmm. 
Hmm. So that was my number five. Nice. Uh, what was your number? F- yeah, thank you. Uh, what was your number four? Uh, my number four. <laughs> I get we we can never uh we can, we can never quite leave the Harry Potter world to tell you that much. <laughs> oh, I'm well aware of spoilers. <laughs> um, my number four is Newt's commander. I think he's he's he genuinely cares and then he's a genuinely good person and I think that makes him like he has that quality of optimism and you know the way that he takes care of you know animals and you know how he cares for them so much and you know I think he he really like he he's not that sort of outwardly you know, optimistic, say like, you know, a lot of other characters, but he he does have that optimism. He does have that sense of like kind of hope about him, and he's you know very much a a bright light, I think. And uh, so yeah, he he you know, and, and he's a character that I absolutely love. Um, I know we both do. Um, but yeah, I yeah he he's my number four choice. Yeah, that's a very good choice. Um, I never thought of that because you, you think back to the most recent film when he's talking to Dumbledore and he's just trying to find the, a positive spin on the things that Albus regrets about his past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very good choice. And uh, one day we are going to cover the the Fantastic Beasts franchise, so we're going to take a little break from the Wizarding World, yeah. <laughs> or or at least de- dedicating episodes to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as as much as we love it, as much as we you know wouldn't mind talking about it for you know uh, talking about it a lot, it's good to step back a little bit from it. Next, <laughs> yeah. um, I think back to the first film and. He believes in uh, he believes in Jacob so much that he does give him the shells made mm-hmm. of silver for Jacob for his bakery for his collateral. So yeah, yeah, he's like I said, like he's he's not you know the the outward you know sort of happy-go-lucky optimist, but he's he does have that sense of optimism. Like he he doesn't you know let a lot of stuff you know get him down or anything or challenges that come around. He he always sort of has that that positivity about him and and you know that's I, I you know he's he's a fictional character but I really admire him for that um you know I I think it's you know he's such a, a genuine person and um yeah so yeah that that I it, it took it, it wasn't my um it was something that I thought of I'm like oh when I was thinking of like other characters that, that would be, you know, not your outwardly, you know, optimistic or whatever, you're obviously optimistic. And I felt that, yeah, he would be a perfect choice. So, um, yeah, he's my, he's my number four. I like it. And and only a real optimist would find, uh, telling Tina that she has eyes like a salamander would be uh, a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, what is your number four uh my number four was del griffith from planes trains and automobiles played by john candy <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. i think del griffith is no different than any most characters that john candy plays and you hear stories on set of how just sweet John Candy was on the set of this film. I just love how he is so optimistic about stuff. Um, like the first thing that pops in my mind is that him being an eternal optimist is uh, when him and oh, when him and uh, Steve Martin wreck the car and they get out. 
John Candy's reaction was like, wow. <laughs> we can laugh at it now. We're okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Steve Martin's character's name slipped on me for a second with Neil Page. Um, it just just the way John Candy's delivering certain lines, like when Steve Martin punches him or Neil punches him in the stomach and he goes, the way he just delivers, you could kill a guy punch him in the gut like that. That's how Houdini died. <laughs> <laughs> or when they're singing on the bus and he's building, or I think Andy Andy's brought this up on his, when they did this on, uh, I believe this on Real Fans Real Movies, him and Michael and Scotty and uh, Samantha, and they talk about how John Candy builds up Steve Martin, hey, Neil Page, everybody, Neil Page, he's got a song, Neil Page. Like, building them up and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, oh, I was almost going to go with uh, his character, Buck Russell, from Uncle Buck. That's probably one of my favorite John Candy films of all time. Yeah. And no, baby, it's also yours, too. <laughs> <laughs> or I think she's talking to Murmur, actually. Murmur sitting next to me on the couch. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my number four was uh, Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Nice. Definitely a, an excellent choice. He's, he is very much just constantly optimistic and, you know, you, you really can't can't see him, you know, having any, you know, negative bone in him, you know, like he's, you know, just a, a really you know, optimistic person. Uh, and even when uh, Neil Page is putting him down, he does that. He gets that whole speech about, I like me. My friends like me. My wife likes me. Mm-hmm. Gives that heart touching speech, like pretty early in the film, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this film's a, a yearly watch for me on Thanksgiving every year. Don't be fooled by the Blu-ray cover. It's a Thanksgiving film, not a Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. It has been a while since I've seen that one. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> I think John Hughes was always at his best. We did more of the, the family films, but it wasn't centered around. This is like the Brat Packs. Like, yeah, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles. They're fine and all. But I really think John Hughes was in his in his groove when he was doing stuff like uncle buck and, um, um, playing streams automobiles, like the more adult stuff, I think it was more in his wheelhouse. I mean, that's when he really, hit, or it's probably my favorite team film he did was probably weird science, but I think he really hit it when he aimed it more, a little more towards adults. I think. Yeah. I really agree. Like I do, I do enjoy quite a lot of his films, but, yeah, definitely the the more focused on like adults or whatever. Um, definitely he that was you know him running 110 percent I think where where he did really well. Well, it can, in his defense, it can be hard to write how a teenager would react to stuff, you know. Exactly. Unless you're pulling from your exact experience, like what Stephen King does in his books, you know, about growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that was my number four. Um, Melissa, what's your number three? My number three, and it was kind of name drop already, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, my number three is Russell from Up. Nice. My name is Russell. <laughs> I just, I, I absolutely love the movie Up. I think it's, I mean, it makes everybody cry in the first, you know, few minutes of the film, but it's just such a touching, heartwarming, fun movie in the story. And Russell is just the best kid ever. He is so naturally optimistic and, you know, a little bit, I mean, he's a kid, so he's naive. He's still learning. And I just, I I love his, you know, his friendship. 
um, with Carl and how they they just they build that like initially kind of drives them nuts, but then they they build that friendship and it's just oh it's so sweet and and Russell is just you know he he's such a sweet kid and you know I just such a light and a, a very bright light and um so yeah he he was my he's my number three because he's just uh, he's so funny and um I I always enjoy him so there's always such a good innocence about kids especially in these animated films uh like we mentioned earlier that uh disney's good at doing like these optimistic sidekicks is that they're also very good about capturing the i really had to choose my words carefully here how to express this because <laughs> they would come off super bad um they're really good at capturing the innocence of a child yeah yeah, the, the innocence, the, the naivete, naivete, that wonder about them, that yeah, they're they're definitely good at at um kind of you know having that sense of of what children are like and how they work and having that that natural optimism and that natural excitement for things and learning and um yeah they're they're really good at that. Like the the other like it's it's you know not a, a Disney or Pixar but I can think of like Despicable Me and those kids and yeah. you know um, I think it is it oh, I get their names mixed up but the the little one like the who you know the unicorn whatever and it's so <laughs> fluffy <laughs> yeah that's so fluffy I'm gonna die I, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the films in a while wasn't isn't one of them Margo? Yeah, there's Margo, Edith, and uh, I can't the other one. But yeah, like the three of them, and they're just, you know. Another know. another character, also another Illumination film, would be the 2018 Grinch film, Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, that too. Yeah, definitely. And, and they, the Disney does a good job at capturing the like the, uh, i guess a lot of these animation studios actually do a good job capturing these kids uh, capturing like, the innocence of a child mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a touch uh, tread carefully there with my words <laughs> um, i did not want anything i said take out of the context um, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully these kids don't wind up like uh the little shit from fat man or uh or the knowing as kids from the Child's Play remake. <laughs> yeah. Which also accurate depictions of kids. Yep. But. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Any <Yeah>. Hooters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Russell was was my number three because I just he's he's so much fun. He's such a sweet kid and. I it just, you know, seeing the film and I've seen it so many times over. Like I just want to hug him, and like, you know, they, they, him and Carl, you know, near the end of the film, they go up for ice cream. It's like I want to take him for ice cream and like just spoil the crap out of him because he's just so such a sweet kid and such a great kid, you know. So yeah, he's he's my my number three choice. You know, believe it or not, uh, on the day we recorded this, I was actually – I haven't seen Up in a long time, so it's not very fresh in my memory. But um, – so I'm do, I'm in the middle of doing this play right now, and I'm playing a grandfather in this play. And I need to think of a voice to do, for my grandfather voice, and Ed Asner's voice actually kind of crossed my mind from Up. <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> So what is what's your number three? For my number three, I actually switched to the small screen. Oh. And I picked Andy Dwyer, played by Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec. Oh, nice. I love Andy. He's the best. It was gonna be 
an honorable mention at first, but then I think of all the moments, just sitting there like thinking of his moments on in the show and just make me laugh. Like just recently, I was talking to a friend of mine and <laughs> we we're talking about the Mighty Ducks, and I had to share the meme of him wanting to not wanting to be Iceland for the junior uh, <laughs> world. The junior, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, what I'm thinking of the. Uh, come on, come on, brain. Think, 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 think. Uh, United <laughs> Nations. Yes. <laughs> because they're the bad guys from the Mighty Ducks film. <laughs> Mighty Ducks too. <laughs> or the 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 meme I share a lot of the Rob Lowe's character in the forefront to say what. My crippling anxiety underneath Rob Lowe, and it's Andy Andy in the background acting like a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just all the random stuff that that Andy does in these films. <laughs> like, are you crying? No, I'm just allergic to jerks. <laughs> or um, him playing make believe with Johnny Karate and Burt Macklin. <laughs> <laughs> Or when him and Ron go to uh, Ron's girlfriend's house and he dresses as Princess Andy. <laughs> like, just all this stuff that he does. It's, it's very much like a kid. Mm-hmm. So, so always seeing the bright side of life. Like, Or when him and uh, April are shopping at the store and for the supplies <laughs> they're supposed to get, they want to get that marshmallow shooter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love how excited to get over that too. Like, yes, we need this. <laughs> yes. So, awesome, a, awesome choice. There, there was one. There was one quote of his. I, I it's memory of his that slipped my mind, but it's like I can't remember the full phrase. But he goes, "I've done it for so long, I don't think I remember how anymore." I've <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was, I've done it for so long. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid to ask how or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Chris Pratt's Andy Dwyer is like. It's really hard to pick a favorite character on the show. It's either got to be <laughs> Andy or it's got to be the polar opposite of Andy, which is Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> But those two play off each other so well. But uh, Andy Dwyer from uh, Parks and Rec is my third favorite Eternal Optimist. Nice. Yeah, he he definitely is. Like he's, you know, he's forever, you know, that kid at heart. Like he, you know, gets excited about stuff, and you know, and you especially see that, you know, his Johnny Karate and all that stuff. Like he's, that's just who he is, and yeah, he's. And he's so genuine about it too, and yeah, he's he's just the absolute best. Um, like, awesome. like like a lot of these characters on our list, it's it's very easy to play that over the top, but it takes a certain amount of skill to play it very believably. Absolutely. Like you probably can say times there's times that Andy tiptoes on being kind of cartoony, you know, but yeah. At the same time, I think it just fits in with the show so well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who is your number two? My number two is uh, Judy Hopps from Zootopia. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> I know, it's animated characters. <laughs> But it's just what I, what I, I don't know, it's sort of on that, that a lot of the, I feel like the animated characters are sort of the, you know, like you, you have, you know, your human optimistic characters, then you have a lot of, you know, like the animated character ones. And I guess I, I kind of went down that, that road of animated characters and, um, I mean, I I really enjoy the movie Zootopia. I think it's fun. It's very cute, and and um, I I really like Judy. I think she she's definitely you know an optimist, and she's de- determined, and you know she she does kind of you know bring herself down a little bit, 
but she picks herself back up and she, you know, she does amazing. And, and I think that's, you know, that's having really a strong sense of, of, you know, a determination and an optimism where, okay, you know, you allow yourself to kind of, you know, be down and out for a little bit, but then you, you know, you, you pick yourself back up and, and, you know, move forward. And she definitely does that. And I, I really like that. And she's, she's just a fun character too. So yeah, she's, she's my number two choice. Yeah. This, the underlining story of Zootopia isn't anything new, but Disney found a way to make it interesting. Like, how many films have we seen about a small town, in this case, a small town bunny going to the big city with stars in their eyes and dreaming and hopes of, and her, well, I guess in this uh, circumstance, to be a cop to do some good in the mm-hmm. big city. So, and, and you can't have every film like that with that central subplot that central plot is going to have that second or third act scene with doubt and that main character has their doubt but they're they're able to bounce right back you know so because they, they find that big clue that they need and their faith in humanity is restored so yeah it's also been a while since i've seen i think i've only seen zootopia all the way through once but i did like it i did enjoy it yeah, it's it's been a while for me as well, but I've seen it quite a few times, and and uh, yeah, it, it's a good one. It's it's definitely yeah your your sort of usual story, but I also think it's it's very kind of real too because she, you know, coming from this little this small town and then coming into this big city, and it's also kind of you know having these sort of real experiences that aren't great, and so. I mean, and you can translate that into real life too. Like you, you, you think, okay, things are going to be good, whatever. And then, you know, things can't, you know, might turn out not so great. And, you know, and I think it's just that example of, you know, you got to just, you know, you, you push through it. Like you, you allow yourself to kind of be down and out, but then you, you know, you, you push through it. And, and I think, yeah, Judy definitely does that. Like she, you know, um she she definitely gets through it and and yeah yeah it's nothing really new but you know it's it's still a cute fun movie so and then she's a great character uh fortunately it seems like every character in zootopia gets pushed by the wayside but the sloth flash (laughs) (laughs) he seems to be the one thing everybody remembers about that film except for the stupid meme you see online where somebody did the freeze frame with uh, what was uh, Jason Bateman's Fox's character? Um, I can't remember his name off the top. Or was somebody does that freeze frame with him and Judy? Like, oh come on, man, it's a kids movie. Yeah. Or it says, "Be careful where you push pause in your kids' movies or whatever." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Judy's a good character. I didn't think about that. I just. I, Zootopia I came into very late in the game and only seen it once, but I did enjoy it though. So what is uh what's your number two? Well now it's my turn. <laughs> um get out your wands, lose your <laughs> shoes, and let's go feed some festrels. Because my number two is Luna Lovegood, played by Ivana Lynch. Well, okay, it's a good choice. <laughs> I can't talk about it yet. <laughs> okay, Melissa, what's your number one so we can talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> My number one is Luna Lovegood. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I figured. I'd, I really thought, just when I thought we were going to go through a whole list, that I don't get any carryover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought. But, I, but I, Melissa, I, Luna's not a Disney character. Why is she on your list? God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that felt good to laugh at that. That was funny. <laughs> go ahead. You go first. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I've, I've always loved uh, Luna. I think she's, she's such a unique person and so just radiates that not over the top optimism, but that gentle optimism, like it's there. And she doesn't lo- doesn't let a lot of stuff, you know, get to her or bring her down or anything. Like even, you know, when she, like in the film, and I think it, it happens in the book as well. Um, but she's, you know, she loses her shoes, and like somebody took them or something took them, and like she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like she's not, you know, worrying about it. She's not whatever. Um, you know, she's so much her own person and, you know, definitely does her own thing and, and is so, you know, encouraging and, and kind and just a really lovely person and so genuine. And yeah, I, I, I've, you know, loved her forever because I think she's just such a great, um, great character. Well, I'll tell you what about uh, Luna's missing shoes, Melissa. Mm-hmm. I suspect the Nargles are behind it. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up because that's that the exact thing that shot her up my list, too. Is what she tells Harry at the end of the year when she's going to hang up uh, the flyers, trying to find her shoes. She sees. She said that her mother always used to say things. I'm going to butcher it. Um, the things we've lost always end up finding the. Uh, the things we've lost always end up finding their way back, even if it's not the way we expect. Yes. Roughly translated. Yep. Uh, so that was probably one of the things uh, that was the main thing that uh, made her so high on my list was that phrase right there. Um, but you talk about how she just stays positive for everything. You think of everything. Well, all we know for a fact, what she's gone through is that she saw her mother die. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she still is willing to risk her life after witnessing something like that for a bunch of people who, oh, anybody in her situation who's considered she's kind of uh, left out and isolated because we call her Looney Luna and she's left out because she's the weird kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, she easily could have just given up, given up and not gone back to Hogwarts or done whatever, but she's still keeps going and makes friends and joins Dumbledore's army and all the stuff. And even Harry finds her cool enough to invite her to Slughorn's Christmas party. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show like, even though she's, for all we know, she's experienced this one horrible thing in her life. She still manages to see the bright side of things. Even when people steal her clothes, it's like, oh, well, we'll get back eventually. I'm hungry. I'm going to have some pudding. It just skips off. <laughs> yeah. I think we said it a million times in those, in those Harry Potter episodes that she's very, Luna's very much Luna and doesn't give a shit. Yeah, Luna Lovegood's a very, very good choice. Like, it, I think it was like you think of people characters from Wizarding World that could fit in this category. You could argue Fred and George. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you'd want to go the route of maybe Neville. Maybe. If you look at it from a twisted perspective, you could say Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> 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 I 
She may not be very good, but she's very up on Team Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Sirius Black. Mm -hmm. Arthur Weasley. Yeah. 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 Arthur Weasley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> see what you're doing there. <laughs> I was just like thinking out loud. <laughs> I don't have time to run the whole wizarding world through my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're taking a step back from wizarding world. Uh, but we're gonna talk about characters because you know. <laughs> Yeah. I think oh, I created a monster. Damn it. <laughs> Wait till you see the shirt I got from Mikey from Universal Studios. He got he went to Hogsmeade uh, a couple oh. weeks ago. <laughs> You're gonna shit when you see it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All you need to show me it. <laughs> <laughs> Any more to say about our favorite Ravenclaw. No, nothing more than what we've, you know, already said before that she's just, you know, such a genuine person and, and, you know, the, probably for me, you know, I will say probably the one character that I really connected with, um, you know, cause she, she's so unique and so different and, you know, does her own thing and so I've I she's one character I connect with most. And and I just love her. So she's a perfect character for misfits like us. Yes. Absolutely. Well since we shared one <laughs> I think I think it's time for my number one then. Yep. Who's your number one? Uh, my number one is a character I, we talked about last May, and that would be Edward Norton's character Sheldon Mopes from Death to Smoochie. Ah. <laughs> I forgot since the last we since we recorded our favorite Robin Williams films. Have you had a chance to watch Death to Smoochie yet? Yes, I did. What'd you think of it? I I didn't really get into it. It wasn't one that um that, that I really got into for some reason. Like it was it was all right. Like I don't uh you know don't hate it or anything, but um it wasn't one that that I really got into. Well, last year, if I recall, I just praised the hell out of besides praising the hell out of Robin Williams doing something a little bit darker with this comedy. Mm-hmm. Um. The character Sheldon Mopes played by Edward Norton. I just love the main character. I just love him so damn much because he like much like Judy Hopps. He has these stars in, the, in his eyes, these big ideals of what he's going to do when he makes it big. Or he gets this agent where he gets the TV station by the balls and says, look, I want to prove every all the merchandise that has smoochie on it. I want everything to be healthy and organic and all this stuff and all this horrible stuff is happening around him. And he still maintains that uh, optimistic point of view in a way, even though like life has broken him a little bit to like his to friends getting killed around him and everything and him getting blackmailed and set up. And cause I, what else, I think he's talking to Catherine Keener. I think when he's out at this little tofu dog stand, <laughs> he's like, I'll be with you. Look at that. <laughs> He's talking about something. So even though you didn't like the film, I hope you could probably still see where I'm coming from. I pick yes. him as a character. Absolutely. Like he's he's somebody who he, he definitely he has that 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 optimism, but it's also a determination about him because he's not gonna yeah, stuff may be happening around him. It's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, it's not the best situations, but the fact that he's still optimistic and still kind of, you know, staying true to himself um, is, you know, definitely, you know, a, a great quality to have. Because, you know, 
Sorry, go ahead. It's, you know, he could he could so easily just you know kind of be be down and out with himself and just be you know beaten down by the opinions of others and things like that. But he he doesn't, and you know that's that's cool. Well, he said if he he goes into this with the stars in his eyes of big hopes that he wants any cereals or whatever or snacks or anything to be organic and healthy. He products need to be approved by him that he wants to produce and maintain quality children's programming. Like he cares about kids. He cares about helping people mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to become just a product of the corporate machine. Like even when he finds a role for uh, I can't remember the name of the the boxer character now, uh, but he finds it a role for him to play, like letting him uh, be the other rhino and stuff. So I need to watch, I need to watch that film again. I love that film so much. I, I, I need a good dark comedy in my life. I think right now. <laughs> yeah, I but think he, I... he just he he gets looped in all this stuff, but he still finds a way just to keep his uh what's that with pie in the sky dreams be an accurate term to use yeah i'd say so i just want to go with thinking even all this evil corporate shit and backstabbing stuff and criminal underworld stuff is going on around him he's still sticking to his guns to produce his dream what he wants to do with his character absolutely Definitely a great choice. Well, there's our top five eternal optimists in pop culture. Um, do a quick rundown. Uh, Melissa's number five was Dory from Finding Dory and Finding Nemo. Uh, her number four was Newt Scamander from the Fantastic Beast franchise. Next, her number three was Russell from Up. Her number two was Judy Hopps from Zootopia. And her number one was Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Jared's list, he had uh, three honorable mentions. And it was uh, Just a Guy from Brain Candy, uh, Little Ben Healy from Problem Child, and Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. And then uh, his number five was Adam Weber, Last Twin Past. Uh, number four was Del Griffith, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, number three was Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation. Uh, number two, Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. And his number one was Sheldon Mopes from Death to Smoochie. Yeah, good list. Good creative list. I, I really thought we are going to make it through without... Uh... Without uh, any overlap. I'm kind of kicking myself for not putting Olaf on there, though. I didn't even think of it till you said Dory. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I was. I thought we were going to be a little bit uh, different in our, our choices, which I think we were, ultimately. But I, we can't ever get through a list that doesn't have some overlap, I guess. So. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe one of these days we'll think of something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Melissa and I want to try something new at least once a month when we do a themed episode like this. And with this month's theme of uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, we want to do throw out a recommendation for like a film or a television show. So Melissa, do you have a recommendation for Mental Health Awareness Month? Something to help somebody kick the blues? <laughs> it's it is funny that you say uh, kick the blues. Um, because my comedy movie choice, um, that it always, you know, makes me laugh and, and just the music in it is awesome. And it just kind of lifts you up, uh, is the blues brothers. (laughs) Good choice. Uh, It's just, it's such a fun movie and it's just, you know, with great music, of course, and, and the comedy is just awesome and funny and it's just, it's it's one of those movies you can watch and you know it it you know definitely allows you to kind of you know forget the worries of the world for a little bit and just enjoy the 
the antics of <laughs> of Jake and Elwood. So, yeah. I think at one point Elwood Blues did kind of cross my mind a little bit, but not enough. I don't think there's just too many other good characters ahead of him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like I had, I mean, I had a whole list of uh, of them that I was thinking of, but can only pick one, and that one was my was my pick. So nice. Um, I think I took mine a little more closer to the theme of mental health awareness um, to celebrate the return of my favorite television show of all time, the kids in the hall returning on Amazon prime. Um, I went with brain candy. <laughs> uh, it's a dark comedy. that mostly takes shots at the pharmaceutical industry, primarily uh, antidepressants in general. Um, and if you haven't seen the new season of the kids in the hall or the reboot on Amazon prime, what brings them back? Because the, sh- the actual show ended with them getting buried, all five of them getting buried in this mass grave together. And what gets them brought back unburied is the fact that brain candy breaks even and lifts the curse. <laughs> so, <laughs> That becomes an underlying theme in the head of the pharmaceutical company uh, from Brain Candy is in charge of bringing the kids in the hall back. So it's a, that's a nice little tie-in. So for Mental Health, Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, my pick was the kids in the hall of Brain Candy. And I will warn you, it's it does have some touchy subjects. It is a dark comedy, so you have been forewarned before you go into it. So don't send me any hate tweets or any hate messages. <laughs> I think it's been a while since we've done a list. I think it was probably the last one we did was earlier this year. We did our top uh, movies for the year. Yeah. Yeah, so it has, it's been a while since we've done something like that. So it was good. It was fun. I, I was I was looking forward to this one because it just it was something that, you know, a little bit different. And then also, you know, looking at, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month and and, you know, thinking of the optimistic characters who, you know, when we watch these films, um, you know, lift us up a little bit when we watch it and, you know, get an enjoyment out of them. And yeah. Well, you and I are no different to our struggles with mental health. And uh, this month mental means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. So it we couldn't let another we couldn't let May go by without doing at least one episode dedicated to it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we don't really know what we have planned yet next, but uh, with June coming up, we got an anniversary coming up, Melissa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Brain synapses aren't snapping. <laughs> three years. Next month will be three years we've been doing this little show. Mm. Which is am- amazing. It just it doesn't feel like time is fast i mean we say it every time but it's true it just time flies i guess when you're when you're having amazing conversations i met so many amazing friends along the way too but i think we can wait till that we can wait for that to get all sappy <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned to your podcast feeds because we got some interesting stuff on the pipeline i think So, Melissa, where can uh, the listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Uh, they can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, it's the same handle. So, it's at uh, MissMelissaN25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Uh, on Instagram, it's just, you know, a lot of nature pictures, elusive as Bigfoot selfies, uh, just kind of other random stuff on Twitter right now. Basically, my Twitter feed is all about hockey. <laughs> basically, all the things I've retweeted is basically Colorado Athletics or anything hockey related. So <laughs> if if you enjoy that, you can you can certainly uh, give me a follow on there. So yeah, uh, where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can keep up with me on. 
Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. That's where you find pictures of my cats and on my beard because that's what the internet is for. Um, if you want to keep up with us as a podcast as a whole, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at nerd.nationspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to also send us an email at nerd.nationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, uh, you can find us at our home on Podbean. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms that you choose to listen to us on, uh, please definitely leave a rating and review. Um, it helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community and lets a little bit more people, you know, find us and take a listen to us. So it'd be much appreciated. So stay tuned to your uh, podcast feeds because we got some we got some good ideas brewing here. Uh, what coming next, including an anniversary coming up next month. So yeah, I think we got some good stuff going coming your way. <clears throat> um, as we bring Mental Health Awareness Month to a close, it's important to take care of yourself on the inside and the outside as well. There are many places you can go to find help if you need it. Even us, your nerdy ambassadors, always want to listen to you, too, because you're willing to listen to us chat about nerdy bullshit. So you're there for us in that aspect. We're there for you as well. So we hope that you all stay healthy on the inside and the outside. Um, I think we need no better way to close this out than to quote Eric Idle from The Life of Brian. And that's always easier said than done, but always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> take care of each other. Take care of yourselves, guys, because it's a scary place out there. And one of the best ways we can do that is to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.